Hello and welcome to the Drinkin' Geek Out Podcast. This is a show where we drink beer and geek out. You are listening to episode 109, Spooky and Scary Video Game Music. <laughs> I don't even know if that's the actual title. It's what I wrote in there, so that's what we're doing. <laughs> I love it. Gotta, we can stick it, with you it. Just decided. Uh, this episode, we'll be featuring Scarlet Lane's Eric Bloodaxe and Heretic's Evil Twin with a bonus beer. Don't have that queued up. Southern <laughs> Tears. <laughs> Southern Tears Pumpkin Ale. Rum barrel. <laughs> I don't also know the name of the beer, so I just yeah. do that. But it is the pumpkin or pumpkin. 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 Yeah, it's a pumpkin. Or it's a, well, it's a rum barreled version pumpkin. of pumpkin. With your host, Saf, Dustin, and Keith. Also not here. not here again. He's gonna be out all month. Jeez, what do we pay you for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> That's true. We aren't. We're not paying you. <laughs> all right. So we are doing. This is gonna be a a Saf led episode because yes. uh, apparently last year. Oh yeah. Let's, <laughs> these, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might as well. <laughs> these two had actually recorded something similar to this episode. Yeah. So tell us about it. Um, well, we recorded this episode. I edited it all. I went to, I don't know, however you save it as an MP3, and it was just not there anymore. All mm-hmm. Everything was gone. All of my hard work. Oh. I do remember with your Mac computer that you have, you were... You had to delete some things to make yeah, some space. Yeah, I didn't have enough space for... The... So it may have got bumped. I think, I think yeah. that's probably what happened. I just ran out of space for the episode, I think, and it just disappeared mm-hmm. into the ether. But now we have an all-star video game music episode with both Dustin and Keith joining me. It's true. Yeah. And I was only invited so I can edit it. Because <laughs> I don't want to lose it again. So it makes it. So I know my true value here. <laughs> Plus, you have knowledge on video games and music. That's true. Um, last time we edited this up or recorded this episode, we had the Hop Devil. Is that the one we did? The Hop Devil and the Heretic, Heretic Shallow Grave. I think we had Shallow two Grave. That's the one I remember. I forget Hop Devil. I thought we had two beers, but maybe it was just one. Yeah, so uh, it was definitely a homage to that previous episode yeah. that we went out looking for Heretic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't find the Shallow Grave. I went to several liquor stores looking for it. Keith went to a few looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw this one. It wasn't like me settling for it, but I found it. I was like, that, yeah, this that, one will work. That, that works. Works. I, would, I would drink that. For sure. And there was two different versions of it. But we'll get to that when yep. we start drinking the beer. All right. So I have over... 30 tracks from eight different video games set in the genre of horror or at least attempting to. Um, so let me just start with the first one. All right. Quick question. Oh, yeah. Is this the original track list from the, the, when you first All recorded All the same it? tracks. It's the same exact playlist. Oh, you didn't add anything to it? Mm-mm. Okay. I, 
I actually deleted these songs off my computer, so I couldn't even reorganize them. It's the exact same playlist because I couldn't plug this back into my computer since last year oh, wow. <laughs> to, to like do anything because I didn't want to lose this playlist. Um, cool. So, yep, it's going to be the exact same episode, just better and bigger and awesome. And uncut. <laughs> <Yeah>. By me. <laughs> By you. <laughs> um, so, first up, Halloween, it's a film franchise and it's also a time of year and a holiday but we're going with the movie uh well i guess it's the game version of the movie yeah um it's an iconic movie it was like the one of the first horror movies that set off the whole slasher franchise so in 1983 wizard video released a halloween game for the atari 2600 so this might be the oldest song we've ever had in a video game episode um in the game, the player was a babysitter who had to protect children from Michael Myers, who had managed to get inside the house. So that's just... creepy as fuck. <laughs> that is playing a video game like that. Yeah, that's it's similar to the movie, but not quite. Um, right. Just as a reminder, this is what the movie sounded like. Just to get that in your head. Um, I'll just wait till it the beat drops. Because this is like pumping me up yeah. a little bit here. Yeah. Like, all right. Oh, and then, ooh, then yeah, then we get spooky. And then this is what the game sounds like for the Atari 2600. <laughs> I mean, you had uh, limited resources. Yeah. yeah. But I like it when the beat drops in this one. That's what I call it. The like, little bass. But this little beep, beep, beeps, I would feel like get annoying. This is the whole yeah. game. This is what you're going to yeah. hear for probably the same thing. Title Three hours or it. whatever it takes you to beat this game. Right. It's going to be this one repeat. I mean, it's it's very common for Atari games or for really, really old video games to have something like that yeah. the entire time. Yep. Yeah, because it's all they could do. And it's very reminiscent of games like Zelda or mm-hmm. Pokemon when yep. you have something some ailment or you're down to a heart left. Beep, 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 <laughs> beep, beep, yeah. beep, beep, yeah. beep. It's always, it's just going. It's a constant reminder that... It's like, I got to get a heart because this sound is annoying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I can't imagine. I mean, I guess because we're, you know, 30 years ahead mm-hmm. that it, you know, that we'd be used to it nowadays. Nowadays, we'd probably lose our minds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of that, did you hear that the, there's a Halloween movie that's coming out? Yeah. Yes. A sequel to the first mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. It's getting everything else in between. So Michael brains. Myers has basically spent 40 years in prison mm-hmm. and he's released. Or in psych this, ward or something. Uh, yeah. It, they made it look like it was 40 years in prison because he was just standing there like in a prison yard type of thing. And <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, the yeah. long white hair. Getting yeah. Badass with a, with a rifle and shit. So... I don't know. <laughs> I think it looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, but I like these movies for the most part. There's some bad ones, as in all of these franchises that do oh, like yeah. 18 movies. They get bad. But... Yeah. But I've not played the game. No. I, I can't say that I have. I think I've seen it before. But because, A, I'm not a big fan of horror films, I probably just thought, why would I play the game? And it was in 1983 on the Atari, so it was kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I did, our I did play the Atari. Yeah. I had friends who, like, parents had one, and they were like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Have you ever heard of a Nintendo? <laughs> yeah. Just two, <laughs> two lines bouncing the ball back and yeah. forth. Basically. Oh, check Jesus. out 8-bit graphics. Come on, guys. Let's get with the times. 
All right, let's move on. Friday the 13th. Keith? Friday the 13th is a survival horror video game published by LJN and developed by Japanese VO game developer Atlas for the Nintendo Entertainment System video game console in 1989. It is an adaptation of Friday the 13th franchise. Reviews have been predominantly poor, with some critics calling the game one of the worst games of all time. But hopefully the audio isn't. No. I'm sure the music was good. It's not. (laughs) Um, The composer, let's give this guy or girl. Hirohiko Takeyama. Um, That's probably way incorrect. He was born on May 5th, 1966 in Tokyo, Japan. Takeyama was hired by Atlas as a freelance composer to work on soundtracks to several of their video games, some of which are known in the video community, such as Friday the 13th, The Karate Kid, and uh, Zzz? Zzz? That's so sexist. Oh, Takeyama, you so Zzz. Uh, he also composed the honor, or he had the honor of composing the only two games that used all eight channels and Namco's Japan exclusive N163 chip for the Famicom. That's pretty cool. In 1998, he founded Anandu, <laughs> where people can listen to samples of his latest work and buy them. Hiro also teaches at a college in Japan. And writes books on music composing, software, etc. He currently runs his own website and sells his current music to iTunes. That's, Way that's to go me. and live life. That'd be interesting to uh, hear some of his current music. But let's look at music from 1989, I'm going to say. But that's just a guess. Because I forgot to write the year down. Last year. Okay, so here, this is the theme song from the movie. Okay. Just to remind you what the movie had as far as music so i say this is an alfred hitchcock throwback yeah like kind of reminds you of psycho and then there's the whatever all right let's get into this so that's like the title and then now we're in the camp No, it's kind of it's, it's kind still, of got a spooky, like, yeah, it's spooky, yeah, feeling to it. But it just kind of repeats like this for a long time. I mean, if I was in an area and I heard this, about like, yeah, yeah. Oh, something's about to go down. So you're walking through a camp, or you're entering a cabin. This is what you hear, right? The percussion being that. I like this part where it kind of like picks up a little bit. Yeah, those kind of sounds like footsteps or something. Yeah, that really does. <laughs> this is adding to the creepiness right now. Oh, man. Maybe that's supposed to be the ch Maybe. All right, let me... This is all in one. So I just skip forward a little bit to get to the next part. We're looking at 140. This is what the exploring crystal lake. crystal lake. So this is when you're outside, walking around the lake. I think. Well, a beat. I know this sounds more like a shoot 'em up game now, like Contra or something. Yeah, but that's the end of that. So now we're getting to the, the battle, battle with Jason. Here we go. I like battle themes. Yep. It really is a battle yeah, yep. game. <laughs> 
but there's not much to it. It's just yeah, but there's a little bass in there too. Yeah. So it's like a. So I mean, they they did the best they could with the technology they had. Yeah. Right. And then here's if you defeat Jason. So it kind of goes back to the camp theme a right. little bit, a little bit, but it's like more dreamy or something. Dreaming and like falling, a sense yeah. of falling, like it's over, it's ending. I don't really feel like I. There was like much of like a, a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. In that music, well, if in all of the movies, he comes back and like out of nowhere and like stabs you or something like when after he's dead he always comes back so maybe that's kind of what they're going for right like maybe not finished. it's not actually finished yeah i guess that kind of works because you know in some if you win that bottle you're like woo. yeah but in here it's just like oh i won let's go back to you know the usual yeah yeah <laughs> it's interesting and also i think it's like a super hard game to beat and then it's just like congratulations at the end. <laughs> like there's no and with that song, there's like nothing. You don't gain anything. It's nothing like the staff roll or anything. It's just like congratulations, you did it. You did it. Now, do it again because he's it gonna come back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we got a lot more songs to go, but somehow I'm thirsty already. Yeah, you're doing a lot of talking. <laughs> So that makes sense. Uh, what was the uh, the weapon of choice for Jason? Was that a, always a uh, knife? He had the machete. A machete. Machete. All right. But so he kind of was. It changed from movie to movie. Yeah. Machete is what's iconic, but did he, 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 he just used whatever it was around. Did he ever use an axe? I'm sure he did. Well then, segue <laughs> <laughs> to our first beer. I was just hoping you'd say axe. axe yes. <laughs> yeah. Just say it for me. He got hit a bloody axe at one point. There we go. Ooh, I think so. Perfect. <laughs> After a couple kills. Perfect. <laughs> All right, for our in beer today, we have a beer from Scarlet Lane. We traveled there to do a tasting, okay. and we found this beer. And we're like, yep. we have to have it. All right, so it's Scarlet Lane's Eric Blood Axe Bourbon Barrel. So they have a normal Blood Axe, it's an IPA, but then they also have the Bourbon Barreled IPA. Mm-hmm. And so I tried the one, Andrew tried the other. And we have a bloody axe. Yes, we do. Jason awesome. gets hit with a blood axe by Tommy in episode four. By Part Tommy, four. you mean Eric? Nope. <laughs> His name's Tommy. Oh, okay. That's fair. All right, let's get some pour and let's talk about this. If you are looking for more beer podcasts, just like the one you're listening to right now, then head on over to hoppedupnetwork.com. We are a podcast network focused on our local craft beer communities. Here's a quick example of one of the many podcasts you will find. Buffalo, the industrial powerhouse of the early 20th century. The grain elevators now stand silent on the shores of the Great Lakes, casting their shadow on the City of Light. A city known for blizzards, chicken wings, and Super Bowl losses where even the natural magnificence of Niagara Falls can't help but magnify the rusted-out shell of a once-great city. Not anymore. Buffalo is a city on the rise again. New industry, green spaces, waterfront development, and the revival of Buffalo's proud brewing past are building the new Buffalo. With over 25 local breweries open in the last decade, Buffalo has an amazing brewing community. Join me as I talk to local brewers about making great beer. Sometimes we talk about the 716, and sometimes we talk shop to help you brew better. 
Find us at WNY.beer or on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook at WNY Brews. All right, this Eric Bloodaxe Bourbon Barrel is a Braggot IPA. It says, coming ashore to destroy the land of its senses, Eric Bloodaxe brings an ancient Viking beer recipe and merges it with a double IPA to create a unique ale fit for a king. With the addition of natural honey and blood oranges, Eric Bloodaxe will wreak havoc, wreak havoc <laughs> bleh, on your consciousness. Grab a goblet or horn and fill it with this one-of-a-kind ale. So it comes in at 11.3% ABV and 100 IBUs. Uh, it does come in limited draft and bottles, which is what we have. Mm-hmm. Bottles. And its availability, it is a rotating IPA. So they have it out every so often. And hops are ethanum. Ethanum. Ethanum? Ethanum? So, uh... Good thing about this beer is we are drinking Viking blood. Oh mm. gosh! Um, Give us power. A little bit of the origin: a braggot um, is a form of mead made with both honey and barley malt. It typically uses a third or more malt and may have as much as fifty percent malt. Ancient Viking style ale with blood, orange, and honey. Unique facts about this: braggot ale is a mead hybrid. Vikings used fruits, spices, and in ale making the tasting profile dangerously easy drinking fruit like hop profile honey sweetness and malty middle yeah so this is exciting i definitely am a fan of meads ever since i uh, tried to brew a mead when i was 11 years old or 12 i forget so big fan all right about the brewery. Our mission is to provide the highest quality ales and promote continued betterment in the art of beer making. We embrace our strange and unusual side and encourage that all the employees, our community, and customers do the same. Scarlet Lane Brewing Company launched in May of 2014 after after several years of planning. Having moved to Oregon and spent seven years in the heart of the beer revolution, the plan was to launch was launched to start a Northwest-inspired brewery in the heart of the Midwest. CEO and head brewer, uh, Elise (laughs) Elise Lane, completed her education at the American Brewers Guild after spending six years homebrewing and shadowing at some of her favorite Oregon breweries, including Ninkasi Brewing and Fort George Brewing, a Greencastle, Indiana native, Elise is joined by a primarily female investment team and operated the day de- and operates the day to day alongside a passionate team with diverse backgrounds. So it's cool that it, I didn't realize it was female owned and like head brewer is female. Yeah. And most of the staff were females. Yeah. We were there. Everyone I saw. Yeah. All the people working behind the bar were female. Cool. Um, they, they were like the independent females type. Yeah. And you weren't like the the good looking bartender females. <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. They were just like they were good looking. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, but they were you know like the, your common. Yeah. These are. They weren't just hiring ladies. the hottest people they can to get tips or whatever. Right, it yeah. was just like some cool ladies working there. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting place. It's like McCordsville, Indiana. So yeah, half hour or so from Indy. Yeah, it was basically in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it, we drive into this little town, and it's like. Scarlet Lane Brewery. It's like an official road posted sign. Like, yeah. 
So we go down the street. We had to like search around <laughs> the corner. Yeah, we're just like, to where see? is this place? <laughs> Followed signs. It's like down an alley type thing yeah. almost. It's like, okay, behind yeah. this other building. Mm-hmm. Kind of scary, which is the feeling they're going for with their, like everything's horror themed there. Mm-hmm. It was 100 degrees in there <laughs> that day we went. Yeah, and it, it just was. had like a garage door open and like a fan going, but it was like 90 degrees outside and probably 100 degrees in there. It was quite toasty. <laughs> so that was the only downside. But other than that, I think it was a pretty cool place. I'd go back to for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm already planning on it. My <laughs> wife was kind of upset that I went without her. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can only go once. Oh, I know. But it was, she wasn't really upset. But, you know, she's like, oh, why didn't you take me? Well, you were out of town. <laughs> yeah, you not there. I would have taken you. I think she called me a poop, so it wasn't like... She oh, was that's the worst language. Don't I know. say that on this show. Poop, We're already explicit. I can say whatever the <laughs> you hell You cannot I'm say not. that word. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize, listeners. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but yeah, overall, I really liked it. Definitely going to go back. They actually do bottle and sell in liquor stores, so it's not like it's yeah. exclusive. They have like three bottles I saw at like a Kroger. Yeah, there's wow. uh, the Asteria, their Australian mm-hmm. IPA. I saw that one, but that's... I think that one's the only one that I remember seeing. Okay. Let's talk about this bottle. It's really cool, I think. It's awesome artwork. So we got Eric Bloodaxe is what it looks like standing there, all bloodied, holding his axe. And the whole river, ocean behind him is blood. blood. Mm -hmm. And it's like metallic-y, so that's like the only thing shining. Yeah, it really shines and stands out. You can see the bourbon barrels Mm -hmm. that are sitting in front of him on the dock there. lightning in the background. You see the moon. Ooh, the moon behind some clouds yeah really cool a lot of attention to detail on that yeah they spent a lot of time the original logo is something similar probably without the barrels maybe yeah without the barrels and it's lighter it's like um it's like the afternoon Mm. going into the evening and then that's evening so i thought it (laughs) was pretty cool it's like a a dusk to dawn type of story going on yeah since I couldn't find anything on the beer advocate for the bourbon barrel, I'm kind of looking at the non-bourbon barreled ones. But yeah, oh well. Uh, the color of the beer is interesting. You would expect something that's bourbon barrel to be a little bit darker because you know you expect them to pull some color from the barrel, or you're anticipating it doing that, even though it's not like science or anything. And this thing—it's also a hoppy mead. Yeah. So it's like way different than anything we've had on the show. It really is. And I'm excited for it. So, I mean, looking at the color, I mean, depending on where you are with backlight or no backlight, you definitely are looking more of the 21 to 22. Mm-hmm. That's where I was looking. Maybe like 23 yeah. on the color. Like orangey brown, red brown. Yeah. So, I mean... Maybe not as Admiral Akbar, but it's a tarp. It's a tarp. It's a beer. Like a goomba. Maybe a goomba. I think goomba. Yeah, goomba's be. a good, yeah, good, real good. I choice. like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm I'm set on the goombas. I'll go ahead and do that. We'll see if we could smell the uh, the the honey now. Or those. Athanum hops. Yeah, whatever those are. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can smell that. There it is. There oh, it, it smells is. just like a hop, hop, hop. That is delicious. I get the bourbon and a little of that honey sweetness. In yeah. Too. Yeah. 
I wonder if there's any other like fruits in there. The thing said there was blood oranges, right? I don't really smell the blood oranges. I'm hoping that's just a hidden flavor. That yeah. You just kind of like, oh yeah, that's a, I could taste that. It's good. But overall, I think right now the smell. If you just if you just take it and you say, yeah, I am going to taste the alcohol in this one. That's yeah, what it smells like. It really does smell like that's gonna. It's just gonna wreck us. <laughs> it might not be a secret eleven percent. It might be like real noticeable, but we'll see when we take a sip. Yeah, for sure. Let's go. Yep, it's there. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> it get is. The but I could taste the orange now. A little bit at the end. Yeah, like right when you get hit with the that burn, the burn and the alcohol. That's when you taste that orange. The blood yep. orange comes out. But up front, that honey is very smooth. Mm-hmm. It is very tasty. I get a lot on the back end too. Like the what lingers yeah. in my mouth is like the honey. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's warm. Yeah, and it hasn't even been sitting that long, and it's yeah. like just that alcohol warmed it up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's cool to the touch, but when you drink it, yeah. you're like, I'm not drinking a cold beverage. It's just really warm in the mouth. Mm. So you could say it's a warm mouthfeel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, was, I was trying to think of where to put mouthfeel in this episode. <laughs> right. Um, probably second or third sip here, it didn't bite as much as the yeah. first time. Yeah. You get the initial burn over with. Yeah. And then now it's just kind of a nice, smooth. It sets with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Smooth oh, it's definitely becoming smooth. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting flavor with that blood orange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the alcohol. And being that it's like a hoppy mead mix, like it's real different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm definitely interested in brewing some of these. Yeah, definitely. Find a, a braggot. And then I can become recipe. a braggart. <laughs> you brag about your braggot. Yeah. Real braggadocious. Mm. That is mighty tasty. Um, so... Just to look at the original Blood Axe, do you have like a score or any? Yeah, I do. I have a, a score for... Since the, we can't find the bourbon one. Right. There's no beer advocate one for the bourbon, but for the regular one, I have a 3.28, or sorry, 3.82 dyslexia, dyslexia. kicked in. Um, there's only 20 ratings, so it's not that popular. So I, I can't imagine that somebody has this one, because I think this was initially part going to be a special release, and then they kind of just... It Did it more and more? Yeah. yeah. Um, same with rape beer. There's no bourbon barrel version, but with the original version, it got a only eight ratings, and that one's only ten and a half percent. Only ten and a half percent. Only. <laughs> uh, ABV. Uh, it's three point three four out of five. And originally, I got a flight, and I this was my third on the flight, and I asked the the woman behind the bar. Like what the difference was between the two, and she's like, "Well, the bourbon barrel one is my favorite. The beer we have here is like, okay. I'll get that one too, and then I'll compare them. And yeah, I, this one was way better. Yeah, I saw that on Untapped because their overall ranking here, uh, out of 140 rankings for the bourbon barrel one, is a 4.08 overall ranking. I can imagine that this number on BA would be a little bit higher mm-hmm. for oh, the yeah. bourbon barrel." Absolutely. And they usually are. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't think of a beer that went down because they bourbon barreled it. Like, maybe if they rum barreled something, it went down. Or if they did something really weird with a tequila barrel or yeah, they, a gin they, barrel. A lot of gin barrel ones. I like, think that that could potentially hurt the score, but I've not seen anything with the bourbon barrel that makes it go down. Uh, but I am enjoying this mm-hmm. one. Definitely. 
I already checked it in last time I was there, so I'll probably just stick with that score. I could see it jumping up or maybe even falling down just to have more of this beer style and kind of get more of a sense of it. Right. But right off the bat, I gave it a four out of five. I think like it's really unique and like it's a, uh, what was that? 11%. And I don't really notice the 11% after I get through that first initial hit of the alcohol. It, yeah. It, I, it just goes like away. goes down real smooth and it, I, it's really good. So yeah, I think it's a good four. I gave it a 4.25. Um, again, new style, but it's really good. I love that a little bit of the blood orange. Mm-hmm. It mixes it up a little bit because usually, you know, I'm drinking bourbon barreled stuff. I'm thinking stouts, something yep. heavy. But with the mead, I mean, it's it's a little bit different. Um, so it's unique. I like it. Um, so I went 4.25. All right. So I didn't check this in before. I did. I Tasted yours, but yeah. I didn't check it in. But I did check in the regular one because I had the regular one. And I gave that one a four. Yeah. Uh, this one's fantastic. I remember on draft being fantastic. And I remember this one. Or I mean, it's right here in front of me. I don't know if you remember it. I can tell you right now. <laughs> I, gave <it> a, <laughs> I gave it a four and a half. Nice. I'm a huge fan of meads. I'm a huge fan of honey-related things. I mean, maybe a little biased because I tried to brew it one time. Mm-hmm. Or maybe yeah. I tried to brew it because I'm a fan of yeah. it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I haven't but, had a lot of meads to really get a sense of them, but this one's really damn good. Oh, yeah. It makes me want to try more. I've not heard of this style before until yeah. this episode. It's really weird that I've never heard of it liking mead so much. So, yes, please. I'll take more. Definitely. <laughs> I might renege and take one of my bottles back. <laughs> go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta save one for pale. <laughs> <laughs> you can have mine if you want it. Oh, um, you can. I got shamed into giving it back. <laughs> That's the problem when there's four of us and we share one. Yeah, I'm sorry, pale. I just I forgot to get this one for you. <laughs> yeah, you have all the other beers. Let's get back to the to music. music. Nightmare on Elm Street. A Nightmare on Elm Street is a video game released on the Nintendo Entertainment System, also known as the NES, in October 89 and 90, depending on what part of the world you're from. Loosely based on Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, it was developed by Rare and published by LJN. (laughs) LJN's terrible. Um, It should not be confused with an unrelated game with the same title for the Commodore 64 and IBM PC released in 1989. The composer here is David Wise. I would imagine is how we would pronounce it. Mm -hmm. David Wise is an English video game music composer and musician. He was a composer at Rare from 1985 to 2009. And he was the company's sole musician up until 94. He has gained a cult following for his work on various games, particularly Nintendo's Donkey Kong Country series. We'll hear about more of him when I get to that episode. Uh, Wise is known for his atmospheric style of music, mixing natural environmental sounds with prominent melodic and percussive accompaniment. All right, I got a f- quite a few tracks here. Um, this one, the first one's from the movie, like I've been doing. This is the last time I'll do that. Well, one maybe one more time. Um, just to remind you, right, what the movie sounded like. I've never seen the movies. So. You've never seen Nightmare? 
I've seen one. Freddy vs. Jason is the only movie. Oh, I've really? Seen. Holy yes. cow. <laughs> you guys need to catch up. I mean, I've only seen like two or three of them. I told you I hated horror films. Yeah. What I'm part not of a the... fan of them. They're not scary. I, I enjoy laughing at them like yeah, Cabin Fever. Like that, that, that's how... That's why they're not scary, but you know, watching them by yourself, it's just like... Yeah. I need somebody to laugh with to watch those. That's why I love the Friday the 13th movies, because they're not scary, and you're just seeing Jason mutilate people in weird, yeah. unique ways, like <laughs> smashing them up against a tree when they're in a sleeping bag. <laughs> like That's the best part of those movies. Um, let me skip ahead a little bit because I did see a little bit of Jason in space. That one's horrible. <laughs> I did see that, one. but it's Jason also one of those that's like, all right, let's laugh at this movie. You saw boobs in that, so yeah. you see boobs in every. What? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> missing out. But there's also the internet where you can see boobs any minute of the day. <laughs> can we have that on a couple episodes ago? We talked about it. <laughs> Jeremy Ron. Jeremy Ron. <laughs> ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. It's that so weird he, percussive yeah. thing he was talking about. Um, Skip Beard, I didn't really notice that he switched. <laughs> yeah. I'm still on the movie. Are you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, then you didn't oh, switch. I, this is pretty amazing for NES. <laughs> I thought that's what that sounded like video games to me. Nope. And then there's this part of the song, which uh, is part of my favorite part. That's why I skipped there. What is that? Oh, oh, some God. sort of string instrument. But there's Very like weird pitched. like things in the background. <laughs> Turkeys. All right, now I'll switch to the title theme for the game. That transition's weird. Yeah, it's like a steam engine type sound in the background. So it's just like a higher pitch version of the movie version. This would confuse me because sometimes the game would freeze. And yeah. It would hold that note like. Brrr, yeah. So I'm like. Did the game freeze? Oh, like that right there. Like, oh, no. It's still <laughs> hit, gotta get the reset? Hit the reset nope. button. Take it out and blow into it. <laughs> Damn cartridges. But it's also got like a tiptoe type yeah. feeling. Like, <laughs> I wonder if there's like a, a set octave for video game villains. Yeah. Mm. Because they all, they, don't, they don't all sound the same, but... There's similar sounds mm-hmm. to a villain in a video game. All right, so movie one more time, just to remind you, same movie, but this is part of the movie. So when Freddy first shows up, I think this happens in the game. There's a track called "Freddy's Coming." Oh. Oh, uh, so yeah. when Freddy shows up in the game, you hear this song. So it's basically, rather upbeat though, yeah. in this style, like, yeah, but it's definitely remin- like, yeah, it reminiscent of what yeah, the kids are saying, what yeah. they're aiming for, like that feeling. But uh, play that's got two seconds left. All right, Freddy's theme. 
which seems really upbeat, like kind of jazzy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Freddy walking down the street. <laughs> oh nope, I skipped a track. This is Elm Street Cemetery, so oh. even even that it's still Wait. kind of upbeat. Up, Nobody upbeat. feels like this walking in a cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> Like the high pitched noise is kind of yeah, creepy. But like, I feel like I'm in a jazz club. Yeah. But that part, if you isolate that, it's crazy to think that I was afraid of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Now, That's a little something. Baddie. I can tell this could be a little spooky. Yeah. It's a little spooky. Back to Mario. It's <laughs> <laughs> like you fell into a do, grave. Do, 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 do. But now it sounds like a completely different song than what yeah, it started out Yeah, that's very as. different. It's weird. So it's like, oh, this I'm having a good day. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, <laughs> beep boop boop. <laughs> all right, now I'll go on to Freddy's theme. Still... Like, this is kind of a boss theme-ish. Yeah, a lot of action going on. Kind of rocking out. Mm -hmm. Be on your toes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's basically it for that. So, house stage one. It's kind of more creepy than any of the songs yeah. we've heard so far. I wonder how long this is actually, like, how loud it is in, in, when you're in the house. Yeah. Because it could be something that just plays very, like, soft in the house, I think. This part reminds me more of, like, a Mega Man game. Yes. Just, yeah, for I sure. was thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like an episode we're putting together. What is this? <laughs> we could do a Mega Man 2 music episode. Mm -hmm. Got all those memories. It's in the works. Yeah. I just like this part. <laughs> Alright. Stage two. Ooh, spookier. <laughs> so it's like, well, you're going to the basement or like yeah. the second yeah, story or something? something? Oh, the attic? Yeah. Upstairs. So, has anybody played this game? Is no. Freddy like chasing you throughout? I imagine it's probably like spiders and stuff. But yeah, Freddy's like the boss. Freddy would be the boss. So it's like explore the house, find your way out. Yeah, so far I haven't played any of these games, but I, I I'm enjoying most of the music. But... Unexpectedly dreamy. Yeah, yeah, these these songs all take a weird transition at well, some point, and they become a different song. Very different. Well, uh, Freddy is from a dream, isn't he? Yeah. So I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You're falling asleep, and now here's Freddy coming to spook you. Yeah. 
All right. This is what track is this? Junkyard. Junkyard. Kind of spooky here. Yeah. Walking around the junkyard, something's gonna pop out and get you. getting real scary now. <laughs> ah, run. Yeah, definitely seems like you came across something and now you're yeah. running away from it. Yeah. Or the music is a cue that you should be running yeah, away from it. Yeah, you should be. Because that kind of feels like I'm putting a little up my step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, gotta go. I'm out. <laughs> Most of them have been under a minute, and we've already passed the minute point, and it's still going. It hasn't looped around yet. Yeah, that, those are a weird combination of sounds. Yeah. Alright, now back to the beginning. And here's the end. Like, game over end, or win? It's the ending theme, so probably after you... Credits. Get, yeah. Roll credits. But that's it, so... The do-do-do, that's like the Yeah, I can intro. see how this, uh... David Wise guy with the the Donkey Kong Country series, mm-hmm. a lot of the percussion, and he really pushed he the really did. the limits on the capabilities of the sound. I just like last night, I watched a video on like Super Nintendo video game mm-hmm. music and how this guy actually pushed the limits with the Donkey Kong Country. That m- music in that game is brilliant. Uh-huh. And then even this, you can see kind of hints of that, like with the tss and the push, like yep. there's a lot of that that percussion. Really it's always interesting sounds. that they were able to add percussion yeah. to, you know, the Famicom. Mm-hmm. When you get done playing games like, you know, Final Fantasy 1 or 2 or Link, where you just have your 8-bit sounds mm-hmm. through the Famicom. A lot of time it's like the explosion sounds they use as like drum beats and mm-hmm. stuff like that. All right, moving on to game number four and five. Ghostbusters 1 and 2. Oh, we just had an episode. Didn't, didn't we just do this? Oh, my God. And we never even talked about the theme song in the episode. <laughs> we did. <laughs> I figured we'd get to it. We didn't. But now we will. <laughs> Ghostbusters is a licensed game produced by Activision based on the movie of the same name that we talked about last week. It was designed by... There's some puffy in between. Yeah, that's two weeks ago, man. That's two weeks Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did your Buffy buffy. last week. Last time we were together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ghostbusters is a licensed game produced by Activision based on the movie of the same name that we talked about a couple weeks ago. It was designed by David Crane, produced by Brad Frager, and released for several home computer platforms in 1984, and later released for various video game console systems. It was ported to the Nintendo Entertainment System and released in North America in 1988. A year before Ghostbusters 2 came out in theaters. It was an action-adventure game based on the 1984 film of the same name, if you could not have guessed that yourself. I wonder if it sounds a lot like Ray Parker Jr.'s theme song. Let's find out. I don't have the original theme song. I figured you all knew it. Wait for it. 
There it is. <laughs> so I've actually played this game. I was gonna ask if anyone's played it. Um, I think I might have played it on Atari, actually. Uh, my grandma had it. It's really hard, almost like when I played it at eight years old, I, I couldn't get past the first level. <laughs> but there's stages where you're like in a building, sucking, like going up flights of stairs. You just like keep crisscrossing up a flight of stairs, and you have to suck in ghosts. And then you have to get in your car and drive to the next building, and so the car part's like a top-down, and you're scrolling between like three lanes of okay. traffic, and you're trying to dodge like ghosts and potholes and stuff. <laughs> so it's actual New York City driving. Yeah. <laughs> but you run out of gas like every time. Every time I play the game, I run out of gas. I don't know Jeez. how to. I didn't know how to get gas, but eat more beans. <laughs> Moving on to Ghostbusters 2, let this little play out in the background. Ghostbusters 2 is a game released in North America in 1990. So, a uh, year after the, the movie. movie did. Yeah. It came out for the Nintendo Entertainment System and Game Boy. It was an action-adventure game based on the 1989 film of the same name. Activision's NES edition of the game is a single-player side-scrolling game where the player controls a Ghostbuster through various stages based on the film, making their way to the museum before time runs out. Two levels involve running around in the hero's famous car, and another level requires the player to control the Statue of Liberty shooting fireballs. Yes, that's <laughs> awesome. I remember that in the movie. When did they shoot fireballs? The game Don't was you. noted for being exceptionally hard to complete. <laughs> like the first yeah, one, apparently. The first one was hard. The composer was Mark Van Heek, or Heek? Hecky? What do we have on him? Uh, he was an American composer, a music producer, and a pianist who pianist. is known for his countless works at Absolute Entertainment. He attended the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee from 73 to 77. He began his video game music career as a composer at the Absolute Entertainment, where he worked from 89 until the company closed their doors at the end of 1995. While at Absolute Entertainment, he composed music for many of the games created by their in-house development company, Imagineering Incorporated. Although Hecky wrote music for a great deal of games, most of the games were low-quality conversions of movies or cartoons that showcase very poor, obviously rushed music. <laughs> Aside from composing, Hecky has also been credited as the audio director for several games. He now works as a freelance composer and producer. All right, so we have the title theme again. But this is a couple years later, mm -hmm. so let's see if they've improved it all. Right, here we go. That's a little it's different. different. It's more like poppy or something. I'm trying to keep like that ghost sound in there. Yeah. It's like more echo. Yeah. Reminds me of a different game, but I can't think of what it is. Like Bubble Bobble or something. Mm -hmm. Similar music. Yeah. They're actually they're keeping two tunes. Mm -hmm. They're going at the same time. They're playing the bass and they're their basic, you know, 
and then they're playing like that verse of something strange. Yeah, your neighborhood. While you have back here, it's yeah. like it does sound better than the first one. Though. It does. There's more to it. The first one was kind of like one note, and yeah. this has like different layers to it. Remember the Statue of Liberty, that song they make to make that walk? Yes. They play that song. I can't remember how it goes right now. can't remember the song. You'll... I remember there was a song, but... Yeah, that's a upbeat. It sounds like this. Yeah. There's a game level in the game called Statue of Liberty Stage. Your love is lifting yeah. me higher. Yeah. There it is. Yep. <laughs> Just men shooting fireballs. Right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's real upbeat. While like you shoot fireballs out of the statuary. <laughs> Fireball. 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 <laughs> I think it's a real cool version of that song. Percussion beat in the back. Yeah. I mean, whatever they can do to make it like sound as close to that actual song. Yeah. Right. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Because I recognized the song right away when I heard it. I was like, oh yeah, this is that. And there's one last track I found for this game. It's called Ending Theme. Does this take place on New Year's or something? I, I think it ended around New Year's. It was around Christmas. Yeah. Cause I don't remember Old Lake Zion being in the movie. Yes, it was. It's a, it, Yeah. <laughs> I do remember it. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched it. <sighs> I'm looking this up now. I'm pretty sure. It might. It, do they sing this at the end? Like when they destroy the Uzi stuff? I just saw, I listened to that. I was like... Why is Old Lang Syne the ending theme? Ooh, I don't know. Here, I'm going to play this as a YouTube clip. Oh, no. That's always a roll of the dice. <laughs> Definitely not it. I remember that song. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was the post-credits that I never watched. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to get into that when the time comes. Okay. Hmm. That's it for that segment. Enough Ghostbusters. Let's uh, get yep. some. Oh, sorry. Just found it. An oh, example of this is at the end of Ghostbusters 2. When riding a slime animated Statue of Liberty through the streets of the city, our heroes persuade the New Yorkers gathered to join in a rousing chorus of Old Lang Syne. Oh, uh, okay. So, I do remember that in there. Oh, I think so I remember the entire that. crowd is making the noise. Not yeah, to... so now they that played that song, "Lifting Me Higher," yeah. and then when they got there to destroy the big bubble, I think they joined. Oh yes, okay. it's coming back to me now. Yeah, then to destroy the big bubble over the building, I'm pretty sure that's what they did. Out beer, ouch! Heretic, evil twin. Let's get this going. While we get the next beer ready, I just wanted to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Drink In Geek Out. You can also check out our show notes and other fun stuff on our website, drinkingeekout.com. 
You can also email us any comments or suggestions at drinkingeekout at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcast, the Google Play Store, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also have a Patreon where you can get some fun bonus content. Find us there at patreon.com backslash drinkingeekout. And now, back to the show. All right, the Heretic Evil Twin, which is a red IPA. This blood red ale may not be what you expect from a malty and hoppy craft beer. Evil Twin has a rich malt character without being overly sweet. It has a huge hop character without being overly bitter. It is a great example of a bold, rich, balanced craft beer without being heavy and hard to drink in quantity. Our Evil Twin is only bad because it is too good to resist. So it is an American Amber, a red IPA. The hops used in this is Columbus and Citra. Coming in at 6.8% ABV. I think that's what that says. Somebody's got their cursor <laughs> yeah. on it. I can't see it. <laughs> IBU is uh, 45. Options, it comes in bottles and cans, and it is available year-round. And a little bit about Evil Twin, because I know we did mention this earlier, that the previous time we attempted yeah. to record this, we did have the Shallow, shallow Grave from Heretic. Um, Heretic Brewing, their ordinary beer is boring. Don't drink it. Embrace your inner heretic and join us to push the boundaries of beer flavors. We are crazy about beer and passionate about making it. Want to be a heretic too? There's always room for one more. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. Good tagline. I like cool. that. All right. So can me. I can't see it. Can we have the typical red-eyed little, little devil-looking guy. Dull with a goatee, beard, mm-hmm. pointy ears. Doesn't really have horns, so... Just kind of evil looking. Just evil well, looking. Maybe that is a horn. Yeah. One horn. But it's, it's, the it's, it's part of the yeah. eye. He's horny. So. <laughs> He's a little horny. He <laughs> just looks like a evil jester type dude without uh-huh. the demon, you know? Because I'm horny. Because <laughs> I'm horny. <laughs> like Peter Griffin horny. <laughs> horny. I like their font for uh, the yeah, heretic font. Cool. Yeah, that quote at the top is a uh, Lord Byron quote. What does it say? All who would win joy must share it. Happiness was born a twin. Interesting. I don't know what that means. What do you mean you don't know what that means? Happiness is born a twin, meaning that there's more to go around. There's two of them. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lord Byron, a little fun fact, is a. Uh, his name was George Gordon Byron, the sixth Baron Byron, uh, born in January 22nd, 1788. Hmm. Died in April 19th, 1824, known as Lord Byron, was a British nobleman, poet, peer, politician, and leading figure in the Romantic movement. He is regarded as one of the greatest British poets. I do remember learning about him in my classes. Yeah. So among the best works are lengthy narrative poems of Don Juan, or uh, Child Herald's Pilgrimage, as well as a short lyric poem, She Walks in Beauty. Um, the slogan on here is a little different. Maybe it's just for this can. It says, don't follow the crowd, be a heretic, and drink responsibly. I like that it's like black, but it has like... Yeah, that's a very simple design. I think a lot of their cans look exactly like that, just different colors. At least the twins are the evil line of beers. Yeah. Um, color my beer... It is on the red scale. Oh, no, it's not. It's, on, it's like a darkish brown. <laughs> yeah, where are we? We're definitely past Ned Flanders. Yeah, I was looking at Donkey Kong's hair 
or DK's hair just because we mentioned him, but yeah, it could be D- darker than that. It could be Magneto's helmet, but I do actually agree with the DK hair because Magneto's helmet mm-hmm. would be like a little bit more maroon color. Yeah. I'm good with the Donkey Kong hair. You do get a hint of red. I know we don't put it directly into the light, yeah. but you do yeah. get a little hint you of do. red in there. Yeah, so I think I'm, I'm good. Like, if you hold it to the light, then you could probably say Magneto's helmet a little bit more. Sure. But just our normal standard eye test that we don't really do, I think, uh, holding it up to the wall, I think right. Donkey Kong's hair is the way to go. Absolutely. With that. Absolutely. That's a number 27. Yep, 27. Oh, I recognize this smell. It's really malty and caramel uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it definitely, definitely jumps out at me as something that I've, I've had before. Yeah. <laughs> something that I may have brewed before. Did we brew that? <laughs> yeah, we did brew something. And a red IPA of sorts. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. There was, there was two options that I saw, like quick little note. Uh, I saw this one, the evil twin, and then I also saw the evil cousin. And the evil cousin is just a plain double IPA. Yeah. I was like, we could do that. We have a lot of those, but a red IPA, we haven't really had a whole lot of. <laughs> that's true. Plus red for blood. Exactly. So that's what the little short blood story. Red. Pale's not here to show little itty bitty stories like that. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> felt like adding something. <laughs> Let's dive in. Because Pale would have already. Oh, yeah. That's true. He would have been done. <laughs> mm. It actually tastes quite different than what I was expecting. Yeah. Based off the smell. Mm, that aftertaste, though. Yeah, it's it's a little bitter, but what was it, like 100 or something? Probably uh, not 100. I didn't really think it 45, was... 45, I didn't think it was that bitter up front, but the aftertaste yeah. is kind of skunky. Yeah, it sits with you. Well, I, I wasn't going to mention this. Uh, the date on the can <laughs> is 1010. Mm. 2017. Mm. Oh. <laughs> October 2010. Like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Eight years ago. So that could have something to do with it. Yeah, being a year old. It is available year-round. Mm-hmm. So it's probably sitting on the shelf for a while. There mm-hmm. was one set when I found it here in Fort Wayne. It, I didn't check the date, but it was probably there for I a while. I go to this liquor store regularly. Mm-hmm. So it, it probably sat somewhere in the, the circle of breweries and just shipped to this store that I'm at because that's a higher quantity sales for... Yeah. Uh, craft beers, I don't know, maybe, but that's that's new there. Interesting. It wasn't like I, oh yeah, I saw the hair dig. Maybe they just brought it. Maybe it's been sitting in the back and they brought it out. Oh, it's getting close to Halloween. Let's mm-hmm. put this out. Maybe somebody will. I got ripped off. I paid as much money for a year old beer. Yeah, but I mean, up front it doesn't taste terrible. No, Mm-mm. it's just that aftertaste. it might be, have yeah. aged a little poorly. Yeah, the the shelf life I guess isn't that great for red IPAs. Still really good. Like the upfront yeah. flavor is interesting and delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You definitely I taste really the hops. Like that. Yeah. I wonder if this was in a bottle though to kept a little bit better. Uh, usually cans keep a little better because they don't let any light in at all. Good point. And bottles will some light will shine through. Yeah. I'm just curious to see what other people are saying if it's always going to be like that yeah. or if we just have a... it'd be interesting to see if we could find one from this October yeah uh the beer advocate 3.94 443 ratings um the standard deviation is huge so there's just a lot of people who put it as four but then there is just goes all the way back <laughs> to they're kind of jumping all over yeah they're just everywhere for this 
And I don't really see anybody shitting on it. <laughs> like the t- well, I mean, just you know, like what I would do. Right. Mul- excuse me, multi bready caramelate front, which we all agree with. Hops kind of pop midway through, lingers for a long, quite goodbye. <laughs> Smooth and hides the alcohol well, but the malt is too one toned. This person says heavy toffee and coffee notes, which I didn't notice. Toffee, I can toffee see. Toffee, maybe, but coffee, not so much. Coffee, it's not standing out. Definitely not getting the coffee. Uh, rate beer, that's where I found that rating. Uh, overall, 95. Style, 89. 349 ratings, an average of 3.68 out of 5. And that person with the toffee coffee notes gave it a 3.3. An untapped out of 29,000 rankings. 3.8. And we did have two friends that enjoyed this that are not part of the podcast. Chris Leland, Mr. Gone V6. Of course. He said, got to try this one too, and wow, it's awesome. Multi, resiny, so good. Highly enjoyed it. Gave it a 4.75. And then the other person was, I believe, Mike. Mike from Pacific Beer Chat. He gave that one a 4. And it looks like they both had it in bottles. And this, Mike had it like three years ago. (laughs) So it's been on a while. And Chris had it last year. But they both had it in bottles. <laughs> My old friend Bill Krusiger gave it a 4.25. Nice. Bill Krusiger, we should have you on. <laughs> a, so you can tell us how to pronounce your name. Yes, please. <laughs> and B, because we like having people on. We have an empty chair. We haven't had anybody haven't in had a anybody. while. We, I know. Um, I'll take another person on that is i was gonna read these. this review too sorry to <laughs> talk over you um, <laughs> bike gary on ray beer says deep red brown color nice tan head strong grapefruit odor rich malty taste but not sweet hoppy but not overly bitter very nice not a fan of grapefruit but really nice beer come on pale let's say this is pale's doppelganger yeah uh, Something but grapefruit is not something that jumped out to me. No, not on the nose. It's something that maybe he jumped. hasn't had a malt this particular type of malt before with this red IPA. Yeah, it has more of that bitter. It's I can get what he's saying. Like when you eat a grapefruit, the bitterness it's got of the that. grapefruit. Yeah, but it's more of a caramely. Mm-hmm. If you dipped your grapefruit in caramel or something. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like grapefruits or caramel. Yeah, I know. <laughs> This guy says it too. Malty citrus, grapefruits, tangerine, passion fruits, pineapple, pine, blueberries. Like, Is that the evil cousin that they're talking about? Maybe. Huh. I mean, they're. that's not what they're tapping in, but that's what they're saying. That's, or maybe it is fruity and this fruit's just gone bad. Could be. I don't know. But they did say dark brown, red hue against the light. So, I mean, unless the color of the evil cousin is the same. I mean, that kind of matches. I don't know. I checked it in. I'm getting I this. should. I'm getting rid of this. Well, I mean, I finished it. But, getting rid of it. Um, I have extra you cans if anyone wants it. I'm still yeah. debating. Though. I was. I was torn. I was a little more generous probably than I should have been. Yeah, this seems like a good. I'm just breaking, it. <clears throat> basing it off the upfront taste. I'll go ahead and start. Yeah. Uh, I gave it a four. I really love the upfront flavor, and I'm really hoping 
that the lower end, that bitter, disgusting aftertaste is just up because of the age. Because, especially if Mr. Gone V6 gave this yeah. uh, 4.75, it must have been super fresh at the time. But I really love the upfront initial flavor, the caramel, that red style IPA. It's reminiscent of what we made. Um, I really like that. But the bitter taste, it's gotten better the more I drink it, but it's still there and there's just something a little bit off. But yep. I really love that initial flavor, which is why I went up from a 3.75 to a 4. Because I love that flavor. Yeah, it hurts because I put a three and a half. <laughs> it's it's just that that really that back end. Mm-hmm. It's hard to get by. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it and say this is going to be an amber ale, then maybe I can get behind it. But there's that hops up in the beginning, so you're on board, and I like it. I like all those tastes, but it's that aftertaste. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the beers that I will absolutely try again from this year or if i could find it on yeah tap hopefully if we get a new bottle or can or whatever they come in yeah this year and i'll update oh i don't mind i'll update the it hell out of that a, score. oh yeah it could be a redemption mm-hmm. beer sure I'll, uh segment so i fell right in between you guys i gave it a 3.75 basically agreeing with both of you like I love the initial flavor. It's really good. But then it's got that mm-hmm. back end that is not. And I don't know whether it's the age or if this is how it always tastes. So um, I, in my comment, I put old can need to try again. So that way I know Yeah, I mm-hmm. have to get this again if I find a new can just to make sure I can and then update that score. But I would be curious to try it again because it is decent. It's just. Got a little stank on it. Mm-hmm. Stank. <laughs> <laughs> ah, finished that. All right. Shall we move on with this music? Let's get some more tracks. I'm excited for this next one. You love this I game. I played this game. Remember, <laughs> you remember. Remember you telling me all about it. <laughs> Fester's Quest. Fester's Quest is a video game for the Nintendo Entertainment System based on the 1960 television series, Shirish, Shirish. series The Addams Family. It was released in 89 in North America and 90 in Europe. The composer for this one, we have Naoki Kodaka. Naoki Kodaka (laughs) first learned to play the piano during his early childhood, but quit formal training at age seven, finding that he preferred to play popular music. He later resumed his classical studies in high school and would go on to major in composition at the Aichi Prefectural (laughs) University of the Arts. Sure. Following his graduation, he briefly worked on producing music for radio and television. Among his classmates, Kodaka was known to spend much of his spare time in arcades, and this ultimately attracted Sunsoft to hire him as a video game composer. He is best known for writing soundtracks for Journey to Cilius, Batman, NES, Ooh. and Genesis versions, Blaster Master, I love that game, Oh yes, that's good. Uh, Gremlins 2, the Albert Odyssey series, Super Fantasy Zone, and a few other titles. He was also, or he was almost always assisted on his NES projects by sound programmers Noboyuki Hara and Shinichi Seiya, and sometimes <laughs> Neohisha Mariota. Uh, usually, Kodaka would compose songs on traditional sheet music, and the sound programmers would translate the compositions for the NES, sometimes receiving feedback from Kodaka on how the song should sound. 
<laughs> so that I, was terrible. I thought about leaving that sentence out, but I wanted to hear somebody read all of those names. <laughs> I think I did okay. I don't know. It's hard. I Those letters don't usually fall in that order in English. <laughs> okay. The title theme for this will sound familiar to all. Oh, yeah. They updated it with some percussion or something. I really like it. And then it's got <laughs> the, the Mario whistle card. from Mario yes. Kart. <laughs> this sounds like Adam's family. <laughs> yes, the Mario Kart. I forgot. <laughs> oh, and that. Do you guys, oh, did you ever play that bowling game? What bowling game? There was a bowling game on the NES. We played it as a whole family. So, uh, no, oh, I loved it. I don't think so. That right there. Yeah. That was part of the opening that sequence. That sounds familiar in other things. I was going to say Tecmo Bowl, but I think that's a football game. It is. Um, and then one other song. It's the overworld theme. So When you're running around doing shit. This yep. sounds like a racing game to me. Kind of started off as like a Pokemon sound. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then to a auto racing game. Uh-huh. Let's go racing! <laughs> it's <laughs> real fast paced, so you would think it's something like Sonic or like a car. Oh, or yeah, something. Sonic. And it was pretty slow because you would just use Vester. And you had like this weird little blaster or gun or something that you would walk around with. And there's like these weird little monsters and you just kind of like zap them with it. Hmm. It's like an overshot, like his head is all you would see in oh, really? the gun. As you just maneuver your way around the Adams Family house or wherever it is, the basement, and you just work your way around kind of shooting things. <laughs> so it's pretty upbeat, but I mean, he's a pretty slow character. It's just walk and shoot, yeah. turn, shoot. I was imagining a side-scroller for some reason. No, it was an overshot. It was like like Zelda, Zelda. original yeah. Zelda, not Zelda Two. Yeah. But back to the beginning. But this is one of my favorite songs on this playlist. It's really cool. All right, that's all I have for that game. Sorry, Keith. Aww. Such a I couldn't really game. find that many that much music for I that know. game. I guess I played a lot of obscure games growing up. <laughs> Next we have Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's a good book. Bram Stoker's Dracula is a 93 video game released for the NES and Super NES, Game Boy, Master System, the Genesis, the Sega CD, the Game Gear, the MS-DOS, the Amiga, and that's it. Everything back in that time period. It was across all platforms. Based on the 92 movie of the same name, which in turn is based on the 1897 novel by Bram Stoker, obviously. Each version of the game was essentially identical except for the Sega CD, Amiga, and MS-DOS versions. So the composer is Teron Tell. He composed for the NES, the Game Boy, the SMS, and the... uh, Good game. Game gear. Good game. Good game. Good game. Jaron Gottfried Tell. That's how I'm going to talk his name every time I see it. Because he's Dutch, of course. Also known as Wave. I'm just going to call him Wave now. Yeah. Yeah. Is a Dutch 
uh, composer and video game pioneer. He is best known for numerous computer game tunes he wrote in the 1980s and early 90s for the Commodore 64. His most popular compositions appear in the following Commodore 64 games. Combat Crazy, Cybernoid, Cybernoid 2, Dan Dare 3, Eliminator, Hawkeye. I wonder if that's anything to do with the <laughs> Hawkeye from Marvel. No, he's probably not in that game. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. not. <laughs> Myth, history in the making. Night Hunter, Robocop Trace, or Rubicon, only the title track though, and Supremacy. All over games that I've never heard of. There's a YouTube link. That's, um, I didn't download it, I forgot, but that's just the track from the movie. Mm. Isn't that super important? It sounds like what you would expect from Bram Stoker's Dracula. But here's the boss battle theme. I don't know why I started with that. <laughs> Just to switch things up, I guess. Oh, Dracula's here. He's gonna <laughs> eat us. It's a good boss, boss battle. You still got that, like, kind of organ-y music, but then you also got the normal boss battle thing with the bing, 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 bong, bong, bong. Yeah. The louder oh, here we go. tones, like, boom, boom, boom. It's time to party. Oh no, Dracula is here. <laughs> um, I could see that noise getting annoying. That, very much so. Hopefully, you're not in battle all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, moving on, bride's theme. Similar, mm, just as annoying. Yep. It's. I don't know, I'll tell you right now, all this music is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get what they're going for. It does kind of remind me of Dracula, like him playing in an organ or something. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to do that on the NES. Eventually I'll get to something I like. Maybe. Maybe. Like, I like that part, and then I don't like this part. Yeah. I'm curious, though. Like, the bright theme just seems like a not-so-dark boss battle theme. Yeah, uh -huh. it's, it's, like, very similar. And just, Maybe it was which a I'll, stage right before you entered the boss could, battle, yeah, and then I it mean, picked it up It leads into bit. that? Yeah. And if you never played the game, it's hard to say. But I think a lot of this music is very similar, as you'll notice as I go on. Daytime Part 2. I don't know where Daytime Part 1 was. It's into this. So I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't seem as dark or scary because yeah, it's, it's obviously it's daytime. Yeah. So you're like, oh, something's bad is around here, but I don't, I'm not threatened by it. Right. Dracula can come out in the day. <laughs> he died. <laughs> I hide in the bushes. I really like the breakdown that comes up. It's like. Sense of falling, yeah. The dream sense. Shit's about to happen, and then I don't like this part as much, but I like that other that that last part. Yeah, definitely seems like something's happening or something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. All right, moving on to nighttime. One, four, and seven. This is just awful, <laughs> in my opinion. Almost like it's the first part, but just it just keeps going up. Like, yeah, just pass through a filter <laughs> and then just continue to raise. 
It's still going. Oh. <laughs> and back down. And then it gets more interesting. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But then it goes back to this. Again. Yeah, this is. Yeah. All right, move on to nighttime two and five. <laughs> I like your notes. That's how I remember because, like, I think this could be a cool song if you just take that part out. Because if you listen to just like the yeah, other the channel, background. there's actually cool stuff. Dude. Yeah. It's but like the, the, there's so much happening probably like in the original composition that mm -hmm. they just tried to match it as yeah. best they could. Without realizing that's an annoying sound yeah. that needs to stop. Just repeat that beep boop bop bop over and over. Well, maybe. Well, maybe we're just we are we're, we're out of context right now. True. Yeah. We don't have the the game in front of us, and we're not distracted or focused on the game. Yeah. I wonder if this adds to what you're doing. Yeah. You're it walking could be more through uh, or something. Kind of what? Yeah. Your those boop, beep, boop, boop, yeah. boop would be your footsteps, or you know. Because, you know, you could be totally immersed into a game based on the music. Yeah. But just listening but to it's, it. But it's still trash. Uh, yeah. It just distracts from the good part of the song that's happening over in my right channel with this yeah. other shit yeah. that's going on in this left channel. Oh, wow. That's actually much better. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was trying to say. Wow. You'd faintly hear that. Well, just listening to this by itself is not bad either. Just the mashup the of just the beep boops. <laughs> That's not terrible either. Just when you listen to it by itself, because it's just kind of like here's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. it's not bad either. All right, here is <laughs> tonight time three and six. This was my favorite. I think that's why I called it the good one. Because this is, seems like what it was going on the right channel without the beep boops. Yep. There's a lot to that song, and it's just more interesting. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And it's not as annoying. Yeah, it doesn't get all like as super high pitched as the other ones. It just seems like more time went into it or something. I don't know. But that's all I have for Bram Stoker. I've also never seen the movie. I think I watched the original. There was... Didn't you go with us? To the embassy? Yeah. I did see that. At one. the embassy. So. I fell asleep during <laughs> That was the Neferatu. Yeah, Nosferatu. thank you. Um, which, yeah, that's what we saw. Mm -hmm. I knew there was something like the original movie we saw that was played on the organ right there. Oh, yeah, I did that. That was pretty cool. In it Lafayette, cool. I went to the theater down there with uh, the floor, one of our dorms, mm -hmm. and we, we all walked downtown. And went to Nosferatu, and before 
while we were watching, like when we got there, they were like, all right, we actually have something recovered. So you guys are the first ones to actually watch awesome. uh, this film that has been recovered out of somebody's vault and then cleaned up. And it cool. was a 1917 a Thomas Edison movie mm-hmm. for Frankenstein. Oh, that's Damn. Awesome. Yeah, it was. Wow. There was no music to it. the The organist didn't know that this was happening. Uh, it was just black and white, no sound. Interesting. And it was only three quarters of the movie, so we only that's saw all. a little bit of it. Yeah, that's all that exists. Oh. It was. It was. A, it was an experience. It definitely was. But yeah, I definitely remember watching this as well. And I can kind of see that music happening, but of course it's black and white, mm-hmm. and it's you know no sound. Yeah, the, the sound was played live. It was awesome. All right. I've got two tracks left, but I also have one beer left. Ooh. Beer. 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 Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, this is our bonus beer. We teased a little bit. Bonus. Bonus. Southern Tears, Rum Barreled Age Pumpkin. Pumpkin? Pumpkin. We've had pumpkin. We have, but we've not had the rum barrel had the rum barrel age. We're all over barrels this episode. I oh, love it. Well, we did have the Donkey Kong composer, so oh, we did yeah. connection. Yeah. <laughs> bum 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 bum. <laughs> <laughs> So Southern Tier Rum Barrel Age Pumpkin. It is a yam and or fruit beer. Back in 2014, we had the good fortune of finding a cache of rum barrels, which we quickly filled with pumpkin, making what was affectionately called Rum King. Hmm. We were lucky to have found more barrels, and in 2018, found some of the best we've ever used. This batch is at least more delicious as versions passed. Imagine our inimitable, excuse me... Imperial Pumpkin Ale, Pumpkin Ale, as the captain of the high seas, flying the Jolly Roger. The king sails for ports unknown in this limited release. Rum Barrel Age Pumpkin has been kept like secret treasure in the hollows of the brewery, patiently awaiting discovery. Yo-ho-ho. Enjoy Rum Barrel Age Pumpkin now, or keep it hidden standing upright in a dark and cool place until you can say, Anchors away. 2018 new label design, same great rum barrel aged pumpkin, coming in at 13.4% ABV, and the IBUs are not available because you're drowning in alcohol, <laughs> and uh, that's it. That's it? Uh, we just added new things on the docket. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sure I'm just going to like 
say this right right meow yeah. i i did put the ba the rape beer and the untapped on the dock because this is initially a part of um going to be part of my other episode with my wife uh so that's next week we have a tim burton episode coming out it might have updated yeah that's very different yeah yeah it did update <laughs> wow people just have gotten this beer i guess um Anyways, I'll probably just refresh it uh, eventually. But next week, Tim Burton. And since one of the Tim Burton animated films is uh, the the Nightmare Before Christmas, he is the Pumpkin King. He's the Pumpkin. So I was like, we need to have this. I went around Indianapolis looking for Pumpkin, and I couldn't find it. This is the only Pumpkin that I can get. Wow. So I bought that beer, and then... I don't know if my wife would like it. So I was like, I need to I need to trade this guys. Like I need to get the original. And so Keith found it uh, up in Fort Wayne and then we made the trade. So we have this here now and we're going to have the original next week. Nice. Yeah. Well, me and my wife are going to have the original. So well, I, I honestly <laughs> think that we've we've made out with the a better the version. Better version. For us, because we've already had Pumpkin. Yeah. We actually had Pumpkin in 2016 on our... uh, Halloween Spooktacular? Either the Spooktacular or that entire, like, week of drinking Oktoberfest and pumpkin Mm -hmm. beers that we did. So, it was a couple years, so our opinions might have changed. We did like apartment. Yeah, it was my apartment. We did like eight pumpkin beers that (laughs) episode, so it kind of it could have got lost in the bunch. And it's been a couple years, so it's nice to have an updated score. Yeah, for sure, and especially it's it's a different style. Yeah, and I really honestly think that they should have gone with the Rum King because that sounds awesome. Yes, the Rum King. Yeah, when they updated the label, they should have updated the name. Yeah, rebranded because they initially went with Rum King. Mm -hmm. So, uh, the old label does look pretty cool. Um, but we're not going to discuss that because it's old. Uh, but it's just it's cool. I like yeah, this one cool. better. It's it's I don't know. It's just simple and it's got like a style to it where the other one's like yeah. hand drawn and stuff. Yeah. And this one just looks it's, like it's a classier. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> definitely I mean, classier. It looks old school. It's pretty cool. They did get a new logo. Southern Tier. Yeah, Southern Tier yeah. logo is new because it's, so, it's a circle now instead of like mm-hmm. so instead of a bar with the name and a circle. I've so like all the Thickman series. Yeah, it's and, on the Thickman yeah. series. Do you have any Southern Tier uh, yeah. prior to that? Yeah, can you grab that real quick? I yep. can't. I'm attached. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah. if you look at this, the logo is essentially the same. Yeah. Like the, the inner circle. part. Yeah. But instead of having it as a bar, they put the Southern Tier around, around it. Around the outside. So it says Southern Tier and then Brewing Company. I actually dig the new label. I, I, yeah, I, I love the new label. It Much is, prefer the new one. It is nice. I mean, this is cool too. Standalone, it's pretty Standalone, cool. yeah. But adding the name of the brewery there, even better. And then you can, it opens up to possibilities for more designs. And you can tell that those have all those, those squiggly lines. The new beers also have those squiggly yeah, yeah. lines on there as well. So I'm going to detach real quick. Ah, <laughs> oh, my ears are popping. <laughs> Don't like me. Yeah, shove it in there. At that gross Jeremiah Morrow. Like, oh, fall yeah. Off. I love that guy's face. <laughs> <laughs> um, we spoke about the bottle uh, briefly. We like the new style. But I also love the coloring of this the bottle. The color is like, great. Like the blue and the gold and the orange. Yeah. It's, it's a very like toned down color. Mm-hmm. It's like dark blue. Um, 
There's like three different shades of blue. I think, yeah, on there. the middle blue, and then like the is like the main blue, and then you got these outside like muted darker yeah. blues. Well, I guess the top would that be like a navy or is that dark like black? I think that's more of like a matte black. Or matte something. black, yeah, probably. But yeah, that, that, I love that bottle. That's that's really cool. Yeah, um, it says about the same stuff I think on there. Are we a craft brewery? Are we a craft distillery? Yes and yes. <laughs> so it made sense in our mind to create the Barrel House series. New beers inspired by barrel aging. So apparently they have a whole new series of different... That would be cool to they... have some of their liquor if they're a distillery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what is going to be interesting when Sun King, because they distill now, mm-hmm. like start aging their own stuff in their own barrels, distilled yeah. barrels. Yeah. yeah, that'd be exciting. All right. Color me. I mean, this is straight up orange. Yeah. Like It looks like you're looking at a pumpkin. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be really hard to like rate this. So like probably 11 or a 12 or even a 10 or a 9, like a Nickelodeon splat symbol for yeah. real. Yeah, I, I liked E.T.'s finger, even though I have it way darker on the thing. Yeah. I have it at 16, but like the finger and this color, I feel like match. Oh yeah, the. Oh yeah, you, it does. But we're. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. I I might have it in the wrong spot, but I think the color is right for that. I just need to find yeah. a new home for it, maybe. I don't know. I think the splat symbol, it could go down in between. Like I think. Yeah. The ET finger could probably go where you have BB eight, for like a ten. Probably. I agree. So I like that finger. I like the finger. <laughs> Give me that finger. <laughs> All right. What does it smell like, though? It's it's a candle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Definitely smell the rum. That's and the it, only thing I smell. I also get the like the spices the from the pumpkin. Yeah, that's the first thing it hits <laughs> but me. The but the rum hits Definitely me. the rum. Oh, I mean, the, kind oh, of, the second smell is a better blend, I think. Yeah. Let's uh, waft it around a little that's bit. That's what I had to do to get them both mixed together, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah. Definitely well, smells yeah. like something. I can't tell what it smells like. It smells like a Yankee candle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, yep, yep, definitely candle. I, I didn't trust you, but yeah, definitely candle. <clears throat> oh, my. Mm. It smells like it's going to be delicious. Yeah, don't lie to but me. But it's also like going to burn. I should go open up my bottle of rum and just take a whiff and see <laughs> yeah. how similar Yo, this ho, is. ho, ho. <laughs> Let me open up my Sailor Jerry's. <laughs> I have some cat up there. All right, let's... Uh, a uh, fun little fact that uh, that I learned about. Oh, I thought I was uh, going to take a drink. Oh, uh, we can, but you can go ahead and take your drink uh, while you're taking a drink so we fill up some dead space. Uh, rum, the white rum, no barrel process. Dark rum, oh, barrel process. That makes sense. Yeah, just to fill up the time. I think it's really not exactly what I was expecting, but it's good. It kind of fits the smell, though. It does. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. The mix of flavors that you get mm-hmm. in the nose, you you get it on the palate for sure. <laughs> that's really good. I was going <laughs> to, I figured it'd burn a little bit more, but I think. I could feel it. It burns like initially. Heartburn. <laughs> it burns initially, but I feel like the pumpkin makes it like a mute, more muted burn. Yeah. It kind of smooths it out. Yeah. Yes. Yes and yes. That's really good. This tastes. Um, kind of like if you ever got like an eggnog milkshake, yes, from, yeah. from, from like steak anywhere and shake or something. You just yeah from steak and shake. I'm not talking about <laughs> the eggnog taste. I'm thinking potentially all that nutmeg, nutmeg and the spices 
uh, mixed up. And I'm not sure. I don't remember the original pumpkin, but mm. I'm getting a lot of nutmeg out of this. Yeah. No, I'm glad you did mention that because uh, I did that this year. I went out got some eggnog because I had a bunch of rum yeah, left up rum in my it. cupboard. Mixed it together. That's exactly what this is. This is it's bringing back, you know, like reminiscent of like Christmas hmm. time right here. Should be a nut nug nut king <laughs> nutmeg <laughs> nug king <laughs> egg egg king yeah nog king nog, nog king, king. yeah <laughs> nogging at my door. That sounds like a fantastic beer to make for like a stout or a porter. It would be like a, yeah. a barrel aged nutmeg. Yeah. Feeling kind of noggy. Yeah. yeah now that, <laughs> man, now that you said that, that's all I can taste. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> it's amazing. It is. It's, I'm like, I'm like oh. Oh, my. All right. So, uh, Beer Advocate 4.04 out of 5 with 473 ratings. Standard deviation is 11.63. A lot of people not liking it. We have a... There's someone who gave it a one. They can go fuck themselves. Oh, yeah. Wow. Fuck right off. Yeah. <laughs> Take your sip and give me the rest. Yeah, so that just ruins. Those those outliers just absolutely smoked the rating, but oh, well. No funny comments. Everyone's taking this serious. Oh. Uh, <laughs> untaps where you get the jokesters. Ooh, I'm going to find some jokesters. Um, okay, so I have it up on Rate Beer, and it says the ABV is 9.5%. That's not what the bottle says. That says 13.4%. I thought the original was 9. Uh, it could be. But it says rum barrel aged pumpkin in oh. the yeah. in the title. But anyways, I'm going to go with this one. It's the only one I see. It has 125 ratings. Overall, 97. Style, 100. Perfect. Uh, the average is 3.74 out of 5. An untapped. Apparently I found some funny ones. I heard you giggle. Oh, yeah. I'm laughing over here. Out of 14,000 ratings, a 14.04. Damn. Or a 4.04, not 14.04. Oh, that's I didn't really nice. say. Wow. <laughs> they broke the that's, scale. That's the highest we've ever seen. Um, our friends uh, from WNY Brews says, so very nice. The rum adds a sourness like a green apple. Not bad to it. I don't get that. Green apple? I don't get green apple on this. Mm-hmm. He must have had a rotten one. Well, his is from 2016, and yeah, ours is from be. 2018, so maybe the different kind of rum or something that yeah, could have a different effect. Um, Daniel here says, tastes like a mixed drink, 13.4 ABV, holy rum fest. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next one, I think I taste wasabi. Wasabi. And then apparently he got a badge on this. Thousand unique motherfuckers, <laughs> a thousand uniques. So this guy was very excited because he got a thousand different beers he's drank before. But his palate must be all fucked up. I don't know how he gets wasabi. Out maybe of this, the alcohol so. burn is maybe, the wasabi burn. Maybe. Yeah, he can't. He can't stand spice, and so when he drink, like if you eat wasabi, like I don't know what wasabi tastes like because all I taste is burning Hot. through yeah. my nostrils Hot. and my skull. Yeah. So maybe he gets that when he drinks rum. Mm-hmm. He's just a little bitch and he can't have his <laughs> rum. That's what somebody put. Tastes like rum and gave it a 1.25. It says it's rum aged. Yeah. You're, if you think it tastes like anything else, you're wrong. Austin says it's spooky. That's it. Spooky. So spooky. fits the theme. Mm-hmm. Very rummy. Somebody gave it a 2.75. 
There's another one. So these are – it's definitely bringing it down. Well, guys, these idiots, we'll have to bump this back up. Yeah, mm-hmm. these idiots don't – Guys, if you don't like beer, rum – You're not going to like this. You're not going to like a rum barrel. I don't like rum or pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm being honest when I say that. I, I know you don't. <laughs> well, I, I didn't know that you didn't like rum. I knew you don't like, like pumpkin. pumpkin. yeah. But <laughs> you've made that evident. <laughs> this is good. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I don't like rum and pumpkin, so let Bug me off. shit on this beer that has rum and pumpkin in it. Brian here, biggest asshole, terrible, borderline undrinkable. Oh, my God. 0.25. Come on, Brian. That was 16 hours ago. He needs to piss off. That must have been the end of the evening. At <laughs> 3 a.m., he's drinking this. Probably not the best choice. I don't like rum. Then don't drink this. Yeah. Ooh, Stanley gets me. Dragon Ball Super. <laughs> Very spiced nose and boozy taste. Good, but could use more pumpkin flavor. Nope. I think no, it's it doesn't need more pumpkin, pumpkin flavor. It's good enough. It's perfect balance of rum and pumpkin. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> John Post, sweet little baby Jesus up in heaven. <laughs> 4.25. He loves it. Apparently not perfect, though. But, it's not I can't imagine for me, but it's good. I checked it, because why not? Wine and not. I'm not drinking wine, I'm talking rum. What, rum not. Rum not. <laughs> Um, I'll check her into you. Ooh, choose to independent U.S. craft breweries, level two. I got uh, 99 bottles, level two. But the badge ain't one. I'm not sure if I've ever gone first this week. So I'm going to say, I give this a four and a half. Oh, that's high for someone who hates pumpkin. And rum. And yeah. rum. <laughs> but I also know what it's supposed to taste like, and it, that's what it tastes like, so I can't be mad about it. <laughs> but even still, I think the pumpkin added to the rum makes them both more drinkable. Like, yes, rum is a little too spicy for me, and... Um, so are the pumpkin beers sometimes. But the mixture of the two kind of knocks each other out and makes the rum more smooth and the pumpkin a little more – adds a little more flavor to it than just the pumpkin. So I love pumpkin pie, and that's kind of what this reminds me of. Right. I just don't like pumpkin beers. So 4.5 is a damn good score for me. 4.75 for me. I considered a 5. Let's be real. I really did. Well, why didn't it get a 5? I think that it could have gone a little bit more pumpkin pie taste. So in my comment, I said, uh, that was your comment, not mine. Excuse <laughs> me. Drinking a spiked pumpkin eggnog. I'll yeah. take 300 of these, please. Yeah. So it, it leads more I, to the eggnog I, than the pumpkin. Is that what you're... That, yeah. I'm, I'm leaning closer to an eggnog than I am a pumpkin. Yep. And I will I will take 100 of these anytime. <laughs> I just think that if we can get it to drink closer to a pumpkin pie, 100% five for me. I gotcha. I don't remember the regular pumpkin, so I can't sit here and say, well, the regular pumpkin tastes like a pumpkin pie. It probably tastes like an eggnog. I'm excited to find out next week. Yeah. 
for sure. You'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> um, but, I mean, as of right now, I'm drinking a pumpkin eggnog. Yep. And not mad about it. So, 4 and 75. I agree with Dustin 100% oh, on everything. 4.75. Um, it's eggnog. That's I said. Reminds me of a boozy eggnog. I don't know I if like I've it. ever had eggnog. Might um, be my problem. That could be it. We'll have to do that. Yeah. This isn't as creamy as an eggnog. Correct. But the flavor. Yeah. That mm-hmm. that the nutmeg definitely for sure. It's Maybe definitely in like November or December we'll do a rum nog. Yeah. I'll, I'll make it. I'll make it because my grandpa has a really good recipe. Cool. We'll yeah. do that as one of our bonus beers. Yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say we could do uh, the Fort Wayne distillery. Yeah. For like three rivers, I can get a little bottle of their rum or something. We oh, could use that that's, to that's fine. Because I was gonna in. do local yeah. anyways. Yeah. So Maybe I, we can do something like that. But anyway, yeah. um, 4.75, it's great. <laughs> Boozy eggnog. It's just, it's taking me back. And it's not overly pumpkin, which I like. So it's definitely, it's a great blend between the two of them. Not really a five because I don't want to drink this all the time. Oh, God. This is, uh, you know. <laughs> drinking this whole thing might kill you. It's pumpkin spice <clears throat> flavor. You know, I can only handle so much during a season. Yeah. So I don't want it to overload me. But it's really good. I'd look forward to buying this once a year. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Or like aging it and see what it tastes like next year. A little bit more. But yeah, this is good. All right. I've got two tracks, like I said. Two tracks. And then we'll be done with this bullshit. (laughs) Actually, it's kind of enjoyable. Is it a good track and a bad track? You would expect it to be. But these are both pretty good from my memory. It's from Dr. Dreckel and Mr. Hyde. That's what he was alluding to. I was. It's a 1988 <laughs> side-scrolling action video game for... Oops. Something happened. Something deleted. <laughs> for the Nintendo Entertainment System, loosely based on the novel Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Imagine that. Gameplay alternates between the character of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde based on the player's ability to either avoid or cause damage. The composer for this one is Michiharu Haisuya. Michiharu Haisuya is not one of the more popular composers, but his work was proven to be very nostalgic to its listeners. He started off working for Tecmo with his first game being Solomon's Key. After he left Tecmo, he started composing games for Vic Tokai as a freelance composer. Later in his video game music career, he started working for Advanced Communication Company, where he served as the lead musician along with Osamu Kasai, Masaka Harada, and various other composers. While Michiroru is no no longer compuse, composing music for video games, he still continues to compose music and has written VSTs, Virtual Studio Technology, on the side. Cool. Um, so I have the title theme and the stage theme. Let's start with the title theme. Organ, yes, organ sound. It's very ominous, yeah. like it's building to something. And there's like low bass notes in the background that you can kind of pick up. Definitely two toned. Mm-hmm. One's a little bit happier, and the other one's a little bit more like solemn. You know, fitting in the theme. Yes, it's very well done. Um, next is the stage. 
that's not it. But that's not it either. <laughs> Here we go. It kind of sounds like farts. <laughs> I was going to say, that's not the best sound there. It's not us, I promise. <laughs> Again, you have like the high and the low uh, Again, that playing together. Good, bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing that double quality. Like some guy who's happy about, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and others just like he's so pissed. They like you have to play a solemn, sad tune. Don't worry, I got, I got it. it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you tell me that I'm not the main theme. No, you're just the background. Oh, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is one of those impossible to beat NES games. So, did you play this one? I've never played it, but I've seen video playthroughs, so I know how it works. Like, if you take too much damage, you turn over into the bad guy. What? I can't remember which was which. Doctor uh, Jekyll is the good guy. Mister Hyde's like his Jekyll. Ego. I think Jekyll's the. No, Mister Hyde is the bad guy. Yeah, because you're hiding him. in yeah. essence. So yeah. So yeah, you take too much damage. Instead of dying, you turn into Mr. Hyde, and then you have, like, another full life bar. And then you're a little bit stronger, but I think you're a little bit slower also. Mm. And then if you die as Mr. Hyde, the game's over. So what is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? Like, is it a book? Is it a movie? Like It was initially a book. It was, yeah. Okay. I know the story, like, I know the story, but, like... And it's almost like urban legend to me. Like yeah. I don't. It's been around so long that I don't even know so, what it comes since from. Since like the 1800s, yeah. Or part of the whole like Frankenstein, and yeah. All the yeah. rest of that. The Universal Monster. Well, I, I forget I, who wrote it. I don't. I can't remember either. I, I pretty much have to buy this or look for this book and read it because I have no idea. Because he was trying to create an elixir of to make him smarter. Or something? Was it? I don't forget what he was trying yeah. to do to himself. Uh, okay, so it's a gothic novella by. Uh, Scottish author Robert Louis Stevenson. Oh, yes, Robert Louis Stevenson. So it's called The Strange Case of Dr. Mm -hmm. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, first published in 1886. 100 years before I was born. Same here. (laughs) Um, So basically, it's The Incredible Hawk. Yeah. I mean, like, I know the story. I just wasn't sure, like, did this where come did, out like where, a black yeah. and white, where like, silent from? film, or was it a, a book? Which, it should have made sense that it was a book, because most of every entertainment that we had Comes prior a book. to, you know, like, color was <laughs> basically a book. Oh, Robert Louis Stevenson looks like a G. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to add this to my uh, my queue. I'm going to see if I can find a copy of it for Kindle. And yeah. I'll just read it. I definitely enjoyed reading, like, Bram Stoker. Mm-hmm. I, I I love that book. I mean, I didn't love it. I finished it, but <laughs> it was good. I love Frankenstein. Mary Shelley. That was good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
uh, tie into this episode. Uh, Lord Byron was friends with Percy Shelley, and Percy Shelley was married to Mary Shelley. So. Oh, interesting. Look at that. A little fact for A you. A little tie-in. She also was rumored to kill her husband to steal his book idea and then produce that book. Because <laughs> all of her other books were shit. So they're like, <laughs> Makes sense. she couldn't have possibly written this book. A woman could not have done this. <laughs> wrote a good book. It's not a romance novel. Even then, the romance novels were written by men. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> All the good books were written by men, were pseudonyms for the women. Yeah. So. I was just thinking of like Daniel Steele or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some poor name. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, that's a good wrap up. That was actually kind of enjoyable. The the intertwining back and forth, the good versus evil yeah. in the sounds. I really like those two tracks. Yeah. I mean, it's fun. And it, it wasn't annoying. No. no. So those can just play through the entire game as I get frustrated right. for not being able to beat it. <laughs> those I would put on like a Halloween mix or something. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. Not those, uh, what was Bram Stoker's ones probably won't make the list, but. Oh, yeah. So if I'm you know, having a Halloween party, like those are going to make, that's mm-hmm. going to make my list. All right. Sweet. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we got more fun Halloween action next week with. Dustin's episode. Yeah, the Tim Burton episode. Uh, just a little tease. It's going to include three of his four animated films. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas, Corpse Bride, and Frankenweenie. Uh, it did not include James and the Giant Peach because I don't... I I mean, the, the animation's kind of scary, but I don't look at it as a Halloween. Right. And style. Tim Burton didn't... Yeah. He wasn't involved with that one. He was. He actually... He didn't direct it, but he produced it. I don't think so. Yes, it was it was on his list of things that he, his idea or his something. Okay. So because there was because it went from his first animated short was not short. Yeah, first animated film was uh, Frank and Weenie. Frank and Weenie in '84, which was his short. Then he did the uh, remake in '13. Then it was yep. Nightmare Before Christmas, which he just produced. He didn't direct. Didn't direct it. The director yeah. for Nightmare Before Christmas did also did James and Giant Peach, but. Yep. He was also involved with both. Uh, Tim Burton was. Mm. I didn't realize he was involved with Peach. Yeah, Corpse Ride was amazing. If you haven't seen I it. I have not seen it. I've been meaning to for years. You know what? I, I, I told myself that I'd seen it. But then I watched it with Allison. I was like, I haven't seen this. <laughs> and it was awesome. Yeah. I, I do ch- definitely check out my episode next week uh, if you are a Tim Burton fan. Uh, if you're not a Tim Burton fan, then check out next week anyways. So it should be fun. <laughs> So, all right, let's wrap this up. All right, until next time, drink drink up and geek out. Proud member of the Hopped Up Network.